0: Hello, and welcome to episode 64 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories, one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have a review review of House of X, Issue 5, Society, and House of, I'm sorry, Powers of 10, Issue 5, For the Children. This is your spoiler alert for House of X and Powers of 10, Issue 5, and the issues before. Your creative teams for these comics are Jonathan Hickman, writer, RB Silva Penciler on Powers of Ten, Pepe La Raz on House of X. Your inkers are uh, RB Silva on Powers of Ten, Pepe La Raz on House of X. The colorist is Marte Garcia. Your letterer is Virtual Calligraphy in Clayton Clouse. Your editors are Annalise Bissa, C.B. Sabalski and Jordan White, um, Jordan B. White x-men was created by jack kirby and stan lee and this is matt and i'm joined by constructing comics co-host noah hey there so um noah before we go into a deep dive and we pull up the slides what are your general thoughts of these two issue fives as we have one more issue uh in both
1: series uh it feels like with these these last issues, it seems like there's purposefully piling more and more into the universe. Mm -hmm. So it's just going to explode. I'm guessing in the last two issues, at least that's what sort of it inevitably feels like it's going towards. And there was something explosive, I guess at the end of powers of 10. Now, not so much, I guess the house of 10 sort of has sort of maybe a little bit of an explosive ending, but it's both of them are sort of building up to something I'm guessing that's going to just like, just either implode or explode on itself in the last two issues. And we'll, it'll all make sense. And there, I'm sure there'll be a simple answer or a, uh, even more complicated answer to all the remaining questions.
0: Yeah. So house of X, um, there was a lot of developments there. Um, yeah we 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 saw a number of characters uh come back and we get a little bit of uh we get a little bit of a flashback uh, a few pages in um let's see that's about four or five pages in we see that scene with the the people being born out of the pods and, yeah uh, it's uh a, it's a repeat i i I'm assuming it's the same page uh where it ends with uh Xavier saying to me, my X-Men.
1: It's a, there's a, (laughs) it's, it's like the bookend kind of way of telling things. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, Christopher Nolan does that in a lot of his movies where he starts at the end of like, maybe the, like, like the middle of the third act. Mm
2: -hmm. And then you
1: come back, like you sort of start that as a hook. It sort of gets people interested. And then like, when it comes back around, everything makes sense. Right. Yeah. um in mystery science theater 3000 they call that um they say that that's the story lapping itself (laughs) Uh, so (laughs)
2: um
1: (laughs) which i think is it's not it's not the same here because this is a pretty exciting story but yeah um yeah but it is it is it is a shorthand that i like to use that the story's lapped itself
0: so do you like uh before Um, we yeah
1: that's the cool one i like how they build up to it it's uh Sorry, I, I was talking over you there for a second.
0: Um do you oh, think uh do you think uh Pepe Le Raz gets uh his page rate for repeating the, the same two pages from uh issue issue one? He better. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Get him a get him any way you can, Pepe. That's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. So
1: um so um I'll uh, I'm gonna
0: if you can, if you want to bring up your your slides as we go through this. Um yeah. We uh we start off in this issue, we start off in Kukroa and we have uh we have Xavier and um his his daughter. And I have to admit I thought that was the Enchant the Enchantress at first until he until he spoke to her.
1: Yeah, that's why I thought it was too and I was like, Oh great, some uh some uh, other Marvel characters and I was but at the same time I was like, Why is the Enchantress there? But Yeah, that's his daughter whose yeah. name I can't remember, but um. Yeah, I thought that was a cool introduction to them. I like sort of the Dutch angle. There are a lot of cool angles in this issue that I really like. That they. Uh, um. This is Pepe Larraz, right? on Arby Silva. Arby Silva's powers. This is Pepe Larraz. Yes, this is Larraz on this. Larraz is really great with angles, and this one is no exception. He does some really cool stuff in this book with switching around, making it very dynamic. Mm-hmm. Basically, drawing comics the Marvel way. And uh, it works to the, the the benefit of the story. Um, yeah, so we get this is sort of the the first panel or one of the first panels from issue one of House of X, and except with them in the foreground. And uh, this image of the tree becomes important in this issue mm-hmm. and in the next issue in House of in, in Powers of Ten. Yep. So, um, but you can also see the. I screenshotted this so you could see the um, the thumbprints. Uh, sorry, the thumbprints. Like, oh, okay, uh, well, yeah, they're down there. Like they're the down there in like the uh, lines. Yeah. And I'm wondering if uh, I think this is all digital. At least that's sort of the conclusion that I'm coming to with both of their artwork. I think they work digitally.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I'm I'm wondering if uh, I'm guessing the anchor. I'm guessing would uh, uh, has makes his own brush because there are there are parts where like if it was at like you know, regular size, your thumbprint couldn't be that big on a page um, yeah,
0: I think both of these guys are inking themselves on, on this Oh, they're book. inking themselves okay, yeah.
1: so yeah, but I think they're doing it digitally yeah I, I would agree, yeah, and I think they have a they yeah they must have a cool uh thumbprint brush that they've created themselves, which is pretty great. Um, then we get introduced to these five, which uh, I don't think we've seen any of them in this series yet, I mean no. they're all. There are at least, at least, um, hope is a regular mm-hmm. and, um, and, uh, what's his name? Um, not Prometheus, um, but, uh, the other guy, um, the, well, the, yeah, they talk they, they,
0: so,
1: yes. so, so the, the, <laughs> I think the ball man, no, 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 G- like golden balls is his name. Yes. Gold balls. Is- which is that a is that a character from the comics so years probably about
0: 2 3 years ago bendis was writing x men okay and he brought the original 5 x men back into uh this timeline beast right. went back pulled them because uh, i guess beast was devolving and he needed to have himself uh the sort of experiment on right and so there was those five and then there was a number of new mutants that were introduced in the Bendis run and gold balls was one of them. And it was like, it was, he was a joke for the most part. Like he would just show up and like his mutant power was he could manifest these, these gold balls and like, <laughs> you know, they would fly out and hit people, but like, he didn't understand his power and like not, nobody on the team understood his power <laughs> Um, so this was pretty cool for Hickman to take that sort of joke character yeah, and make and make him, him vitally important to yeah Kokoa and Xavier's plans here.
1: Yeah, no kidding. It was, I, I thought it was really interesting. I mean, I, the joke came as I, after I, like, you know, when I got to the page where they described all their, their roles.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, I thought that was hilarious. I knew it was intentional. I thought it, I thought it was a Hickman joke at first. Um, but now I know it's a a Bendis joke, which is very yeah. funny as well. That's pretty great. Um, but yeah, so Gold Balls here, or Fabio Medina, um, he creates the the eggs basically for mm-hmm. the new mutant clones, and um, everybody else has their own purposes within that. I really like the the page design here. I like the sort of uh, circle and then describing each of their positions underneath these three like this uh, triptych of um, underneath the, the the spherical panel right here. Um, it's just cool composition. And I really like how uh, using just sort of something different to, uh, to explain the story. Um, that was a cool, that was a cool touch. And it's almost egg shaped in its, in itself. So yeah, it works with the motifs Yeah, on this page. Um, so we get, uh, so We get everyone's roles defined. We've got um, we've got Proteus. That's his name.
0: Proteus. Okay.
1: Proteus uh, warps reality, and then um, then their DNA is put into the egg, and then elixir gives life to the to the eggs. Then um, then I re- then I like I like the uh, like the composition on this page as well. Um, again, really cool dynamic angles nothing Mm -hmm. straight on, you know, it's all very, uh, you know, like I said, very Marvel method. Yeah. Um, I love this panel, especially of Eva bringing them to life. So she's the, she puts time into it. So she speeds up time to where the, the beings inside the eggs get to sort of their current, um, state. And we find out what that is. So all five of them come together. Hope comes together and combines all their powers um, to bring um new create new guest copies of old mutants back to life. Yeah, and uh, this is where we get direct copies of panels from issue one. There's this tree which we saw again. We saw this panel in issue one, and we saw these two panels. Scott, we we thought it was just a cyclops-like um, mutant, but it actually was cyclops, which is really interesting.
0: Yeah, there was them. we weren't the I, we weren't the only ones that thought that that was that looked like Scott, but uh, putting the pieces together now we, yeah. we 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 do know that.
1: Yeah, but it's definitely Scott, and then we get this panel, um, and then we find out that this is a beautiful panel right here, by the way. It Just is gorgeous lights. Um, love the splatter effect coming off of the beams on Scott. Mm-hmm. Um I love the movement here. The lighting, the colors, it's just beautiful. Um very great, very dramatic. I also like the letterer um Xavier kind of made uh not Xavier, sorry. So I was going to get to that too, drawing the I always I always like to get a little meta with my commentary, but I'll get to that. Hickman having this panel be a little more word heavy so that our eyes stay on sort of the simple like visual poetry of this Mm -hmm. image that's a great touch so it's a little not like too heavy of course but you know your eye gets to stay on here a little longer with how long it takes you to read these two boxes right here
0: yeah and uh actually we're doing a thing in my class where like they'll they'll call up a page and they'll say which which panel like just real quick don't really like think about it too much just which one does which one does your eye like go to and stay on and a lot of times when we do it it's these uh panelist uh panelist uh borderless um, panels so um and i just found that that was cool that this is this you know you were describing how they use the text but also it holds your eye because it's i guess like not confined by sort of like traditional panel borders too
1: yeah, and that's you know that's just good page design right there. That you have a and you know what the most important panel is on the page, and you make that the biggest or the one that breaks the biggest. You know mm-hmm. that breaks the borders. That's just good basic panel design. Yeah, this one kind of does like. Sorry to. to oh no, it's honest. okay. No. this one kind of does like all
0: three. It's yep. There's no, there it's it's the 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 words slow you down. The 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 you know the the open the open borders slow you down and then the color change like slows you down too. So it's like a trifecta of things to like pause right here and, and, and take this in.
1: Also fourth, because this is a Nautilus composition. So Nautilus is like as a swirl basically. What, so there's this guy on YouTube right now who um, is Canadian. He's funny, but he's, uh, he's, he does those, um, uh, comic artists react to good and bad comic art. okay, he I've seen a little bit sort of, of following, that. The, yeah, he's following with that trend. But he keeps calling this composition the toilet bowl composition. <laughs> and I'm like, if you go to design school, it's called a Nautilus. And it sounds way cooler. This is a Nautilus design. And in design, your eye moves faster with straight lines and slower with curves. Oh, so wow. So this being a curved composition... Means that our eye sp- spends longer time going around the picture, um, so that's that's another thing that it's doing to keep your eye on this on this on this panel right here. Very yeah, cool, Nautilus. It's great. Dropping dropping knowledge. Dropping knowledge. Yeah, this it's animation knowledge. It's sequential art knowledge, not toilet bowl <laughs> composition. That's my only complaint about those videos is when he says stuff like that. Um, this is a great panel here too. another very simple, very poetic page and um I think Xavier's getting a little is waxing a little philosophical here as well with some of the stuff that he's uh talking about um this is interesting this dialogue i want I wanted to know what you thought of it here, especially him saying, even though even knowing I could bring you back, a part of me dies when any of you do. do you think it's kind of like so I guess here's the question. Do you think it was cheap to kill them off in issue four only to bring them back later? Or do you think it was a good way of bringing them back that didn't piss you off too much?
0: Um, well, I, I'm thinking that, uh, you know, if, if it was the, the way it was done makes it not seem cheap. Like it, it's not yeah. the standard sort of... Uh, comic book rebirth or somebody shows up from the dead, like this, this has like, you know, and we'll we'll see more of it. This, this has more planning to it, more, more, more thought to it. So I don't, I don't, I don't find it to be, I don't find it to be cheap.
1: Yeah. It's not deus ex machina. I don't think so either. I just wanted to see what your opinion of it was uh, because I, yeah, I thought it was a good tool more than anything. Probably. I think it helped to bring it up earlier in the comic to have Mm -hmm. this sort of be the moment that it starts on you know, so that it doesn't just come out of nowhere uh, when it gets to this place right here. Um, I thought, it, so I think it's, it's good to establish the rules ahead of time, even if you don't know what the rules are. And so just that it doesn't come out of nowhere and be like, oh, that just, you know, they pulled that out of their butts to mm-hmm. save their self, save themselves. It's very deliberate. And it's, it's cool to see that he took the time to plant it before i'm guessing if we reread the comic we'd see other things pointing to it as well um yeah it's just a cool detail The so the uh the smoke in the mist is conveniently placed yeah. here so yeah 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 he's got a nice yeah it said uh, this book is really good at that um but also you see that it it, it also helps to block out the feet um the smoke does classic misdirection that you don't notice that feet are not being drawn right here um yeah but yeah then this is a this is a cool detail right here so all of their memories are saved basically up until when they went on their mission Mm -hmm. um and cerebro so he does so scott doesn't know if the mission worked or not um which adds to the fact that they're not all really coming back to life after they died because they're, they're clones. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some, there's some questions raised about that as to like, what are the implications of cloning these X-Men? And uh, the declare, I mean, Hickman put a lot of thought into it, but uh, Xavier informs him that the mission was successful. And then we get a lot of censored uh, smoke sensors and hair sensors and Yeah, mostly smoke and hair sensors right here. But as we see that, everybody's back. Yeah. And then this page is beautiful right here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kind of almost like reverse uh, what that other panel was with the circle, you know? It's got this one that's sort of arching over the whole page. Mm -hmm. And this panel, I guess, is sort of like panel within panel, right, you know? So, like, there's this box panel that has going on, but then this is kind of a panel unto itself. And then this sort of breaks off and it forms another panel down around here. Can you see my mouse? I'm always using my mouse to illustrate things. Yes, I can see it. Yeah. So yeah, there's like, there's like one, it's one big panel, but then like one, like one big panel here, one little panel here, and then like another big panel here. So it's like four panels in one. I really like that. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, and it's also all got sort of a, uh, but diagonal to it yeah left to right down down to storm which is pretty great mm-hmm. yeah um now we're getting into some more of the religious like well you had some rebirth and you know some religious like resurrection symbolism earlier in the book but now you get some real like uh religious like uh holy men kind of symbolism with all the people crowding around and touching the five mutants and stuff like that yeah yeah um I like this panel right here of storm breaking the panel borders. So this is interesting I guess. So what what panel sticks out to you on this page right here? Is it storm or is it this this big one right here?
0: Uh to me it's 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 storm because I feel yeah. like she's a little bit uh in the foreground of like it's those four panels that go together but there's some depth to them so it's yeah. like uh they're all leading to her. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Cause I was trying to think if, if the circle was overpowering her or not, but I think there's still this, like, she's still pretty centered, you know, Mm -hmm. within the crosshairs of the page. Yeah. So that's a great panel. This is, yeah, this is some of more of that, like I said, religious symbolism sort of showing how they're like, everyone's sort of fanatic for these five mutants. And uh, they even, they kind of go into that later as to like what, what their positions are? Are they like gods? Are they like you know leaders? That kind of stuff. And it's it's sort of like they're like celebrities and gods at the same time in Krakoa. Um, so
0: it would seem that impossible future storylines if they need to. You know, some organization, somebody comes along and is like, "We gotta, we gotta stop the mutants. Like they gotta,
1: they gotta take one of these five out to stop this whole yeah. operation." And they, they established that later, that that's part of the... So there's a bunch of things that could go wrong with the resurrection. Basically, Proteus is constantly having to regenerate him, his own like mutant copy. Mm-hmm. Because every time he uses his powers, he kills a part of himself to like, basically there's nothing. So there's that. And then, then, like you said, if you kill one of them, the whole operation doesn't work. So they're looking into needing to find more mutants with similar abilities to help keep the operation going. And on top of that, they don't know. So like if something went wrong, like if, if you put the consciousness, if Xavier put the consciousness of a different mutant into, into a, the mutant of body of another mutant, it could kill that mutant or do something worse. So They keep repeating that as well, that they don't know exactly what will happen, but they assume that it would kill the person. Yeah. Um, There's also a lot of cool details here. I like all the character designs. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of cool mutant designs going on in this crowd scene. Um, But then Storm gives this great uh, speech, sort of rallying all the mutants together about how great they are and how they've defeated the enemy. Mm -hmm. Then we have your favorite page. With uh, Nightcrawler.
0: Um, Nightcrawler conveniently kept
1: kept the book yeah. rated
0: teen. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's it's uh it's a pretty like you know very again like very heroic page right here, very Marvel composition, low angle, yeah, angle and stuff like that. It's 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 pretty good composition, and I love I just love stuff with trees as well. It's just beautiful how it's drawn. Um, then i got some nine panel grids, uh, very well composed around a central image of storm. But I also like, this is very, um, Tom King almost in this Mm -hmm. nine panels because you have these beats, like there's a rhythm to this. So Hickman going a little Tom King because Tom King uses his nine panel grids to sort of establish a rhythm and a beat, Mm -hmm. you know, with repeated dialogue, repeated, imagery you know with certain patterns like you know close-up close-up wide there's a little bit of that going on here but also you have this uh this sort of call and response that storm is doing with the crowd of mutants and it repeats over the next couple of pages
0: yeah uh, with that nine panels like uh there's there's almost like a uh uh the pattern in the colors you know we we go yeah. Sort of that that purplish to the green, purplish to the green, and so and then yeah, almost right. like framed in the, framed in the purple at the at the corner. So it's it's, it's quick beats, but it's almost like, uh, uh, you're here now. You're with this person. So it's 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 you know all around pretty pretty great.
1: Yeah, it's a well balanced. Yeah, I didn't notice that at first, but yeah, there's there's a definite rhythm. Throughout the whole thing and even the colors play into that that's a good that's a good note that, wow, that's really great good good eye um then yeah just a close up on that panel there's another nine panels you're right same thing on this one almost i mean it's a little yeah but yeah but it gets darker when it gets darker, darker
0: when monet um is like the the one that's like not into it like yeah. all the 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 touchy feely stuff so it like yeah it, the the coloring almost fits it's like you know everybody is is uh you know thrilled the, the the plan is working and then you just sort of have this small dark moment where one of them is not really just due to the personality is just
1: not really into it right now yeah that's cool yeah more of these yeah i just sort of like how I like how, you know, artists decide to go with, you know, find different ways of drawing the same image, you know? So I like, I like that these three beats right here are all Mm -hmm. drawn from different angles and yeah, creative, creative design. Um, and then Xavier and uh, Magneto have a quiet moment talking about how good job, how good of a job they did. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I think that uh, this is sort of like, they should have killed us all when they had the chance. Uh, that's a famous line from the movies. Well, like Magneto shouts that uh, a couple of times. He says, you should have killed me when you had the chance. So I'm wondering if that's a callback. Probably not, but and Magneto may have said that a lot in the comics as well. But
0: Well, yeah, with his history, you know, he's got the history, uh, the, you know, the WW2 history yeah. and, you know, a, a number of groups have come at him um, you know come at mutants uh, through, through the X-Men timeline. So yeah, he's, he's, there's been a lot of people who've come to kill him and they haven't done it.
1: So it's sort of, you know, hearkening back to that, that history that he has as well. So true. So true. Yeah. And then finally we get this final mutants, which is pretty epic wide shot with all the fists in the air and you get to like all the different mutant powers. You got some classic metal fire, glowy purpley and then this awesome rock fist right here it's a cool moment and this is very religious right here yeah everyone reaching towards them again putting on the symbolism backlighting heavenly looking stuff so they,
0: they still haven't get, they still haven't given them any uh any uniforms or any any robes to they're all over them well
1: that might be another religious thing <laughs> right you know true all the classic religious art Every no one's wearing any clothes um so that might be a Another nod to that so yeah so i guess i was going to point that out i guess on the the, your favorite page is very uh reminiscent of something like the sistine chapel or something like that you know you even have you even have an angel flying in the in the background yeah exactly so um yeah nudity it's what's for breakfast um but then we cut to the united nations which is something we haven't really talked about since the first issue as well, which what the results with all the UN visiting Krakoa trying to acknowledge them as a sovereign nation and whatnot. Yes. We find out Emma Frost's position in that. Um, so she has an exchange with Xavier, um, telepathically. hmm Cool exchange. I really like this page. I like, um, especially this uh, center panel, which I think is what drew me, of course. So breaking the panel borders and then, um, but then having this moment where they're both talking with each other in like a sort of in their psychic space and the colors sort of remnant, like, you know, change just to show where the conversation's happening.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, It's very cool. Yeah, I just love that. Him breaking in and this sort of him breaking the panel border is sort of symbolizing that he's sort of breaking the, the border between space to speak telepathically. Yeah.
0: Like he's, he's everywhere all
1: all the time. Yeah. And yeah, just like there it's, it's cool to see them both having this moment of truce again. You know, there's a history between these two characters, of course, as hero and villain. And it's cool to see the two telepaths getting along
0: yeah. And just sort of, uh, as, as a
1: costuming
0: thing, like I, the fact that like Emma's at the UN and she's in a pantsuit, but it's still sort of like, I'm um, Emma Frost. This is, this is how I wear a pantsuit when I go to the UN was, was, was pretty funny.
1: I also like, uh, just the little things of distinguishing silhouettes between characters. I like that he's wearing black and she's wearing white, you yeah. know, simple stuff like that. Um, it's cool to show you yeah, that they're at odd. They they've were, they been at odds, just little visual things. But at this brief moment, they're at peace with each other. Um, and they kind of do that with him and Magneto as well. Mm-hmm. I never thought about that until right now. This is a cool panel, I thought. I really like the framing right here of Wolverine. It's kind of a warrior shot of him. Very dramatic. Um,
0: yeah, everything's sort of pointing toward towards him the the trees the lights he's he's centered even the the foil the 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 bushes and stuff are sort of all sort of pointing to him
1: yeah i like this sort of lone the lone wolf panel right here um it's very wolverine it's very cool yeah but um speaking of truces between heroes and villains we get a lot of villains coming through the gateways we got mr sinister we've got Um, is that, is that, um, this Shaw right here, uh, Uh,
0: Black King? I don't know. The, 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 the samurai ninja guy sort of right behind him to the, that is the Kraken. That's the only one I recognize from that. Okay.
1: And then of course, Apocalypse comes through and has a cool exchange. This page is awesome. This is my favorite one, I think in the whole book, um, this issue uh i like i love the composition of mainly these three panels right here Mm -hmm. um i love that this giant you know of course we get this uh again a very nautilus style like swirly composition into him on the center point but then we got this nice these nice this nice bird leading you off right here Mm -hmm. so i guess it kind of kind of goes around and then back in and then out again so yeah it's cool that that leads into this page and then you follow the birds here around and then this bird is pointing directly at wolverine and then you follow wolverine's shape down into apocalypse it's just it's really cool composition between these three panels
0: yeah this that that is pretty good uh design there
1: I also like that the birds kind of go nuts when Apocalypse shows up because he's sort of the, you know, the, the God mutant, right? So everything mm-hmm. sort of goes into chaos, but then like he can control it and it all comes to him and he makes it orderly. Um, but then uh, he makes a grand speech with all the mutants coming through. Then Magneto makes him swear that he's going to follow the rules, love the cross hatching. right here on on apocalypse's face and then on the the armor right here as well um great shadows on magneto as well on his helmet love these the lights right here going up then this is the last page of the issue and the first full like spread like i guess like you know single page splash page Mm -hmm. in the whole series am i right I think I think you're right. Yes. So we so we have uh, Xavier
0: shaking hands with Apocalypse saying, welcome home. And that's that's where we end this issue.
1: Yeah. Very cool way to end the book. Basically, almost on a good note, that's like, oh, everything seems to be going all right. But there's still this weird feeling with Xavier, right, that we don't know really what's going on yeah and with this issue, it seems like Hickman has sort of
0: found a way to get a writ of all x men continuity when when he's going to to start over i mean anybody can be back everybody's back uh, you know all the old sort of uh squabbles, all the old alliances they're all they're all gone everybody's together so this this new X-Men universe could spin in any number of directions. You know, somebody could break off, somebody could get upset with somebody and we could have a totally different, different dynamic than we'd we'd seen before.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, there's like, yeah, I guess that's a good way of looking at it. That now that everybody's at peace, anybody could go to war, right? Um, The cool thing about, Oh, man, I had a good thought, and I forgot about it already. It'll come to me eventually. Uh, I just like the colors on this page. Love the red and the green in mm-hmm. the background right here. It's nice to use that. It's always great to see people use red and green, but um, it'd be more of like a teal, which really makes the red-orange sort of pop on this page. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, I guess the big question about – oh, so, yeah, I was going to expound on that, that everybody can come back. Um, including the people, all the millions of mutants that were killed when Scarlet Witch said no more mutants. I think that was something that they established in this issue is the, the possibility of bringing back mutants that were killed in like the mass genocides and stuff like that. So that's something that they're working towards. At least Xavier is working towards getting like rebuilding hundreds of thousands of mutants. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's the th- end of the issue,
0: and I think we get a little bit uh, in the as we go into the next issue, we get a
1: little bit of backstory on how he's going to be able to to do that and a little bit yeah. more. Yeah, so we get first it starts off with this underwater meeting with Forge, mm-hmm. and uh, you get some cool close-ups at the beginning, not showing all who's there, but um, I like I uh, love how he uses the how um, Silva used um, screen tones to make the sort of underwater light on the hands right here. Yeah. It's a cool touch. And then he used um, thumbprint also to get that cool wavy light, um, like it's being lit underwater and that the light's changing. And then we see that he's meeting with Forge. I also like how this looks like a colorist job right here, making the, the water sort of you know more transparent and maybe more uh opaque Mm -hmm. when um you know at different points at different places must have been a fun one to draw all the sea creatures and everything
0: yeah uh i guess uh artists don't like drawing horses but
1: uh you know (laughs) a couple of a couple of uh tortoises and, and sharks are okay yeah, I guess there's a lot of detail on this page. That's what's amazing about this whole series is how full of lines each page is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's been only two artists is pretty great. That must have meant they had a lot of time to work on these these books to fill it with as much detail as possible. Like this panel right here, of Xavier, um, talking about how he'd like to have five backups of each mutant. Mm-hmm. A lot of great expressions from Silva right here. There's almost a, it's not a sinister plan, but it's a very almost like, and it's not diabolical face, but it's very confident, the vibe that um, Xavier is giving off in these couple panels.
0: Yeah, it's and for every sort of like obstacle uh, Forge throws out, like, you know, this is going to be an issue or you don't have this, you don't have enough resources for this. He's always got a quick... Oh, I have that planned out or, Oh, I have yeah. that covered. So that's like, you know, with his dialogue and with his facial expressions, you know, we're seeing that he's, he's one step ahead of everybody and he's confident in, in, in what he's asking for.
1: Yeah. This is a great page, great panel design. Um, And now that you've mentioned breaking panel borders, that's all I can think about, <laughs> but I like these two panels right here. I liked, uh, them being sort of like stair steps, but in one panel, Mm -hmm. almost like one panel split into two parts, but how you would normally do it. Like if you were doing like a nine panel grid, you know, they would sort of be perpendicular and all the same size and you would have one space and different moments split into it. I like how he, he keeps the, he keeps the composition moving with the panel shapes moving down. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, then the composition, of course, goes, you know, straight this way. It's a zigzag, right? Yeah, um, and it's, it's, uh, it's along their sight line, too. Like, yeah. yep.
0: Forge, is, Forge is higher standing. Xavier's obviously sitting um, in his chair. And so, like, their sight line um, leads us through the, these two panels.
1: Yeah, and I like, a, and then Xavier's form, his arm leads you down to uh, the center panel yeah, that were our eyes automatically drawn to because it breaks the panel borders. Then um, we cut to uh, a museum where Emma Frost is hanging out again, like the composition of this page, more Mm -hmm. religious symbolism. But yeah, this right here showing sort of the state of things like, you know, the, the, the statue of an angel, but it's like missing limbs, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe sort of a, uh, maybe a metaphor for where the universe is at this point, right? So this is before Krakoa has been like you know fully established and fully like you know fully operational. Mm-hmm. So you get this sort of like image of art that's representing the state of things in the X Men universe. So there's still this like heavenly creature, but it's not complete yeah um i love this shot of the louvre right here with the light coming off of it uh it's just really beautiful lighting like this wide shot establishing emma where she is Mm -hmm. maybe taking in the state of things then xavier shows up then magneto shows up they have a conversation about krakoa about how he wants to use the hellfire to distribute the drugs that they were using to bargain in order to get, uh, Krakoa as a, as a to be recognized as a sovereign state in the UN. Mm-hmm. Then, um, this panel, uh, I thought her hand was a little weird and how big it was in comparison to things. This, this one was, uh, that was, that was a little weird. Um, not that yeah. I'm that good at that either, but her, her hand was a little large right there. I thought.
0: Yeah. I, uh, now that you point that out, I, I, I can see that, but, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's not the worst I've seen ever. So it's still pretty, it's still a beautiful page and her expression is, was really good. Yeah. Um, Emma's
0: Emma's playing Emma's playing hardball with, uh, Eric and uh, Charles
1: here. <laughs> yep. So, she, uh, so she's sort of talking about how crazy they are um, about what uh, you know, what it would take for them to build sort of a sovereign nation. And um, she doesn't believe that they can do it. I just got done watching Breaking Bad, so I thought she looked a lot like Skylar White on this page right here. She's kind of given off the Skylar White vibes. Um, a little bit. Yeah. Then this is, a cool, uh, this is a cool sequence of panels, I thought, right here. So we start on this close-up of her face. Yeah. Then we get closer in on Magneto right here as he's about to make his points about how is going to expand. And then we get even closer when he talks about how serious uh, their plans are and how close they are to implementing their plans.
0: Yeah, and, and then, on the, the page yeah.
1: as uh, 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 the page
0: as a total, um, sort of like their 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 faces line up, Emma's, and then the in on Magneto, and even in closer on Magneto. So they, it's it's there's there's design and symmetry there.
1: Yeah, there is, and then to make the impact fully, like you know, to pause for the impact, pause for the full drama, you cut to a wide right after it. So for her reaction shot, which is really cool I thought. Um, makes it sink in really well.
0: Yeah, it's um, again, I'm going back to the, to the, the writing class that I'm taking now, but they're, they're, uh, one of the things they told us was to use contrast in like the panels like if' you're, if you're in, then go out, then go back in medium and stuff so it's sort of like it's creating. It's uh, it's creating the illusion of like we're moving along with them like mm. we were here now we're out so it's uh, it's another way to sort of uh, imply movement uh, through the through the book so yeah so from moving from that that close in on uh, Magneto's eyes to the wide shot uh, and it's a page turn it's there's a lot of gives us a lot of feeling of of movement
1: yeah that's really interesting especially during a dialogue scene where no one is moving that your camera is moving, that means a lot. Yeah. Um, I heard one of the biggest complaints about the most recent X-Men film was that there was a lot of scenes where people were just talking to each other. And when they were talking, it was just shot, reverse shot. So, you know, medium close-up on Xavier talking to Magneto and a medium close-up on him or over the shoulder, over the shoulder, over the shoulder for like five-minute sequences, just people talking. And um, so it's interesting that this comic is doing something way better and something way more dynamic with its talking scenes. And I'll even bring up something again. Okay, I'll talk about Tom King. I love Tom King. But one of the most disappointing comics I've ever read, as far as its ending goes, is Sheriff of Babylon. And that book, the answers that how the answers to the mystery come about is just two guys having a shot, reverse shot conversation for like seven to eight pages at a time. Mm -hmm. And it's the most non-dramatic, most anticlimactic way of doing things and it comes all at once. You know, there's no show and don't tell. There's no like, you know, flash backwards, like barely any of that. It's just people talking back and forth. And it's deliberate and maybe I need to give more thought into it, but it would have been nice even in a nine panels to switch it up. Every once in a while, because even Alan Moore understood that with Watchmen, when Ozymandias is giving his like you know nine panel grid explanation of what he did, there's a lot of show don't tell. So, you know, in that um, while Ozymandias is explaining everything, mm-hmm. this is a cool close up right here um, on Magneto's hand, sort of showing what what Krakoa has to offer. If we could go back real quick to that, yeah. uh, the, the
0: hand, like, so we talked about it earlier where there was the, the, the spot on the page where you, where you rested again, yeah. Biggest panel, uh, a color change mm. and, and no, and no border. So um, it's sort of a, it's sort of a, a theme that's going through, but it's, it's a, it's a design element as well, but it's, 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 it's it showed up here
1: again. I also like how, you know, muted colors or secondary or, pro- are, you know, um, more monochromatic colors. Mm-hmm. So sort of this being very gray and this light blue right here, making the purple and yellow here pop really well. Mm-hmm. The purple and yellow are complements of each other. So that really works to its benefit and uh, makes it really uh, dazzling to your eye. So it makes it easier for you to just be drawn to this immediately. So. Good composition, also good foreshortening. I like uh, I like this angle of the hand right here, and how you know how the fingers work here. So you actually get to see almost every finger. I like how he even like you know did that detail of the pinky
0: mm-hmm. sticking
1: out right here. That's just well drawn hands. Always always amazed by that. Me too. This is a very Game of Thrones looking panel right here uh, with Emma Frost looking over Krakoa and her furry coat yeah this is a really cool shot love the draw love how this is framed and i love the flowy i love how her cape is flapping in the wind right here then we yes. have got fingerprint lines down here
0: no it's it's all it's 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 yeah it's it's a pretty great uh pretty great panel and it's uh you know we're 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 with we're with these same three but uh we we well obviously we had a uh an establishing shot but like um you know uh we went from establishing shot to um a facial shot on emma to like all right, this is, this is, this is where they are, um, in Krakoa. So, um, you know, again, just sort of shifting, shifting the, the focus and the the timeline and the location, um, you know, the colors change, the,
1: and all that stuff. So it it all goes together. There's also a bit of the 70, 30 rule going on here where your eyes drawn, not only of course to the the image that's centered around it, but also to the brightest spot on the page. Mm. Yeah. Which is Emma right here. And then we get this great exchange between them talking about what the, what Xavier and Magneto need from Emma and the hellfire club talking about how there's 12 places on the, on the council and two of them belong to the hellfire club and there's a great nine panel exchange mm-hmm. dialogue again, the camera moving around. Um, there's still a, a rhythm kind of like what we had in the last issue. And then of course this, okay, this is where Xavier explains that they have, uh, they have 12 seats and they're offering two to the hellfire club. Um, this is a cool panel. I like this design right here, having the, the screen tones in the background and then this being inset or, you know, being a panel that sort of rises from that shadow being cast by it. Yeah. I um, didn't
0: notice that on first read, but yeah, now now I see that.
1: Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I, I, I screenshot this because it was a cool reveal. Like, you know, it was the cool setup before the reveal. But that is a cool moment, again, to give it weight, to give it, yeah. Show that something important's about to happen um, then, to make it even more impactful, they pause for effect mm-hmm. with this silent panel right afterwards. then they reveal that they want Sebastian Shaw back into the Hellfire Club, and uh, you get this panel, which is a nice silhouette, nice gradient background um explaining why they need Sebastian Shaw because he's good at politics, basically. Yeah. And then... I like how they put her in shadow right before, again, sort of to give a little vagueness, you don't know what completely her thought process is before you get the reveal of what she wants. She Mm -hmm. wants three. But there's still a little mystery right here um, as to why why she wants three seats. Yep. Then we get uh, sort of, I guess, a current current Xavier, current Krakoa, and uh, not current, but a little before and Xavier's sending out the call to all the mutants to join him at Krakoa. This is the first time we see Omega Red, and I like Omega Red. He's a really cool dude.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's a cool shot of him. I think his costume's pretty legit right here. Um, then we get uh, the Kraken. Mm-hmm. This is why I just, I just sort of like when samurais enter into any kind of universe. So this is, a—I had to screenshot this. It's a cool shot. Um, then we get a little interaction with the outside Marvel world. We haven't had this in a while. No. This is another Fantastic Four character. Or a character that arrived from a Fantastic Four book. We get Namor on one page. I guess two if you count the bottom panel of the last page. And then this one page, we get an interaction with Namor. It's short and sweet, but very poignant. It's a great little exchange between him and Xavier. We get more sharks. Always cool. And, uh, basically Namor asks, you know, why now? Because you guys should have always been on top because you're superior. And And this is, um, this is very in, in, um, in character for for dave yes and uh i love this this bit of dialogue it's good that you finally figured this out but let me ask you do i strike you as someone who's just realized how much better i am than everyone else (laughs) that's a great that's a great line from namor right there um but i love uh the textures that the colorist this is um this is gracias is the colorist right yeah on both books i love this almost paint splatter texture that he put on it and it, it makes this great, you know, lighting effect. Like again, like waves, it's really great. Um, I'm wondering if he loaded that in from making his own, you know, paint splatters and then laying it over because I know how Hollingsworth did that on witches.
0: It is on like,
1: he would splatter pages of acrylics and then overlay it onto jocks art. So I'm wondering if Grasius was doing something similar here. And, uh, yeah. Basically, Namor uh, wishes him luck, but he basically says, don't come back until you want to wipe out all of humanity, pretty much, uh, to prove that we're superior. Then, we go all the way to year 1000 with our Kirby dots. Yeah. And the most, you know, 2001 storyline. But we get a little more answers this time. We do. That's what we're dealing with. Uh, so last issue, they tricked the the phalanx into consuming some of them.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, because the, these guys only consume technology. They don't consume organic matter for the most part. And by consume, that means they sort of like encapsulate things into their own hive mind. We sort of get an explanation as to why, uh, this current generation of mutants slash machines want to be consumed into this, this sort of hive mind. And, uh, so we have this exchange between one of the elders in the hive and, uh, it destroys the elder. Mm-hmm. Then we get this shot and it looks very familiar. Yeah. And you, you hinted at that when we looked yeah. at the, the issue before. Yeah, so this is uh this is an important moment. It shows the evolution of Krakoa at this point. So here's the tree that hooks up to all the pods, mm-hmm. but now it's a mess of wires. It's very Jeff Darrow,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and we get this exchange between the main mutant and um, Nimrod about what the what why were the phalanx there? So why were are they are they there to consume and sort of make them a part of it and main mutant believes that that's a good thing because that sort of protects the life when they could like sort of bond with another species. But Nimrod explains that uh, they're not there. The collective intelligence isn't there to, you know, consume and protect their, their predators. So they're just basically there to consume. And then there's all this discussion about black holes, networks of black holes and these black holes being sentient and sort of one sort of being or like one being that's a collection of multiple beings. And Hickman gets into it a little bit of as to like, you know, how they're related to, you know, Titans mm-hmm. and uh, world consumers like Galactus and this is how we end basically with the threat that no living thing on earth is going to be left behind after this stuff is done consuming everything yeah and that's where we end sort of another headache as to what all this means for the future of the x-men
0: yeah that that, that future timeline like as sort of the uh, all the 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 so when we're in Powers of 10, it seems like we have like three, or actually we have, we have like four timelines. It seems right. like the, it seems like the, the the first three are sort of filling in and, and we know what's going on. but this fourth one continues to sort of expand and, and get away from us, which makes sense because it's you know it's it's further in the future. Things are things have evolved beyond sort of our
1: understanding um so it it it, it kind of makes sense with that it does yeah it's um still uh still really mind bending and it's screwing with me as to what it all means cuz i have no idea where it's mm-hmm. going to go well hopefully we find out pretty soon cuz hopefully have, we have
0: uh one issue of uh both series uh to to go so i think that was a pretty I? was a pretty good recap of of those two issues so and hopefully roughly two weeks we will hopefully have all of our all of our questions answered um yeah and we'll be on the uh verge of a new x-men um new x-men universe so um i'd like to uh thank everybody for joining us um we will be posting some images uh from this uh recap on our twitter if you want to follow our twitter it's at construct compod uh, we'll put some up on our instagram which is at constructing comics pod um, and on our facebook channel uh, which is facebook forward slash constructing comics um, this will also go up on our youtube channel since this was a very uh, visually heavy with the, the slides and you can find that at youtube um under the name of constructing comics um and uh I'd like to thank everybody for joining us. And the next time we do a House of X, Powers of Ten recap, we will have the the series completed. And I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll be back with another episode very soon.